0: Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate. Three, two, one, 1.
1: Gentlemen, start your engine.
2: Not at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, gang. Welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show on a Monday Night Edition. Uh, we got uh, Kyle be calling in here in a few minutes. Uh, we're gonna talk just a few minutes. Hey, it, it's Pocono weekend. If you've never been to Pocono, it's time to get out, check it out. Great place to see a race. Probably one of the most friendliest. Welcome to our track that I've ever been to. Uh, an incredible place. It's a Put it on your bucket list, gang. If you hadn't got time this year, you got to go check out the Tricky Triangle. It's, uh, will make you absolutely want to come back for more. It does me. All right. Hey, uh, this past weekend at Loudon, let's kind of close Loudon out here. Uh, we had starting in the Xfinity first time, uh, Julia Landra, and we are lucky enough to have that soundtrack. So we're going to listen to her talk about it before she starts the first race.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to New Hampshire Motor Speedway. We're going to start off our afternoon with media availabilities. We're joined by Julia Landauer. She is starting her very first Xfinity race here this weekend. Julia, how excited are you?
1: I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous, I'm going to be honest. Um, it's been about 18 months since I've done a stock car race, so it is jumping the deep end, but I have done as much preparation as I can with watching videos and looking at data and um, doing simulator work and physical training, mental training, so I feel as prepared and just ready to get on track. How long
3: have you been preparing for this race specifically?
1: So we kind of solidified mid to late May that it was going to happen. So that's when I really ramped up all of my preparation. And so it was a good six weeks of just head down, focusing on, on racing.
3: And what's, what's different with the Xfinity Series from other motorsports that you've participated in?
1: Well, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about what's different with these these cars because I have yet to race them on a bigger track. So I've tested once at Motor Mile in my rookie test, but that was much shorter. So I think the speed is going to be a big thing, the braking is going to be a big thing, and just the caliber of the drivers. I mean, the Xfinity field is a stacked field, so um, I hope to get a little laps in, learn as much as I can, and keep it clean.
3: Awesome, we'll go ahead and open it up for questions. If you have one, please raise your hand and I will get to you. We'll go right to PRN.
4: Hey, uh, Doug Turnbull from PRN. I, I just wanted to add, I mean, a lot, a lot of us are being introduced to you for the first time. I know we could just Google it, but can you kind of give the, the 10 cent story on the path here? I mean, not just how you ended up in the car, but like where, where we've seen you before maybe?
1: Yeah, so my background is I got started in go-karts when I was 10 and originally focused on the formula car route. So I won a Skip Barber Championship when I was 14 and was the first female to do that, raced in Formula BMW, and then I switched over to oval racing. I ran Ford Focus Midgets for Bob East, got a win out there. And then I did a bunch of part-time stock car racing uh, throughout college um, and some legends car racing. And then when I graduated in 2015, I raced for Limited Late Models for Lee Pulliam at Motor Mile and won that championship. Moved up to Canaan West, where I ran with Bill McAnally, finished fourth in points, right behind Noah Gregson. Todd won that season. Um, and then we did some pinties racing, which is when I came to Loudoun uh, for the two times. And then I raced in the European NASCAR Series in 2020. That was my last full-time season. And we finished fifth in points, which is the highest for an American, which I'm really proud of. So, yeah, 2021 was a little slower, but then, uh, yeah, here we are. Thank you.
3: We'll
5: go right over here to your right. Hi, Josh Balding, uh, State of Press Newspapers. Uh, Julia, I'm just curious as to how has your
6: experience been here so far? Obviously, this is like you said, I I heard you say this is kind of a bigger thing than you're used to. So uh, how has it been so far here in New Hampshire? What what have you been enjoying about what, what we have here?
1: It's been really cool to be back, and it's been so nice to see so many familiar faces in the garage. I feel like a lot of people have jumped out and said hi, and people from you know K&N days, from Pinty's, uh, from late model stuff, so it's been a very warm welcome. I think I'll start to kind of feel the gravity of such a big race, I think, when we line up to go out on track, but um, it's so, so wonderful to be back in the garage.
7: I'll go to Bob. I'm sorry if you've answered this before, but was it important to come to a track that you have a little bit of experience at?
1: Yes, it was very important to come to a track that I have experience at. Um, You know, I will be doing live pit stops for the first time. I will be racing this car for the first time, first time working with a spotter. So being able to be on a track that I'm familiar with, that I know the visuals for, that I have an idea of the rhythm, I think will help in, in adjusting throughout the whole race.
3: Are there any other questions? Go ahead, Bob.
7: Just what has kept you going? Like you, I mean, What has kept you wanting to continue to try to find rides?
1: Maybe a little craziness, maybe a little stubbornness, maybe not wanting to find other types of work. Um, but no, I, I've always, there, it's so exciting for me to put all the pieces together of making racing work. Me, driver, team, uh, funding, and it's something I feel like I hadn't accomplished and I really wanted to, and I think that there's a lot of potential for me and my partners and the series. So. It's just I didn't want to give up, even though it was very challenging. And um, I guess the saying kind of goes, "It's darkest before the sun rises," and maybe that's kind of where I was in 2021. So, I think a little bit of stubbornness, a little bit of not quite reaching my goal, and um, now we're taking one more step. So I'm really proud.
3: Any other questions? All right, Julia. Good Thank luck. you, guys,
4: Thank so you. much.
2: All right, Kyle, Julia, and her first quest for. A NASCAR Xfinity.
0: It didn't go as planned, Rowdy, and uh, yeah, I know. No, Miss uh, got into, into. I know Justin Allgaier got into her during the race, um, just racing, but uh, that does happen. And yep. uh, yeah, she's been around a while, and uh, had to get off speaker there, but uh, yeah, um, she's been around a little while, and um, you know, she's had some time racing, and you know, making her Xfinity debut with Alpha Alpha Prime over the weekend. Uh, Rowdy, I, I know, uh, you know, we still got to cap Loudon, but, you know, for me, this is this is this is Pocono week, you know, big deal. Um, getting ready for it and, uh, you know, just, uh, got a lot of housework done today. So that was good. And, uh, just getting ready for the for the, uh, the m fan appreciation 400 weekend, uh, busy weekend coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, um, you know, we got Loudon now. We stay in the Northeast. We go to Pocono and, uh, we get ready for that one.
2: How appropriate is that for, uh,
0: the M&M's to
2: be kind of sponsor of that guy?
0: Yeah. You know, with M&M's about when, with Mars leaving the sport, um, it's good that they're going to be part of it, uh, you know, sponsoring the last race. And uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it's a good, good, you know, thing. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff to do at Pocono this weekend. Um, if you bring in, uh, you bring in a, an empty Monster Energy can. You get in. You get Friday admission into Pocono Raceway. Uh, also going to be like a kids' day as well. I read that today. Um, so there's a lot going on. Um, Saturday you got the doubleheader with the NASCAR Camping Truck Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, also with the NASCAR Xfinity uh, qualifying in practice, and also qualifying in practice for the NASCAR Cup Series uh, Man, before they, they turn out. <laughs> it, it is back rowdy and uh before we turn our attention to the M and M stand appreciation four hundred uh on Sunday at three PM Eastern on on the USA network. So uh really looking forward to it. Uh looks like right now, you know, looking at the weather, you know, I know that we always talk about that when we go to Pocono. Uh Friday's looking like the best day right now. Um it's like a three or four percent chance of rain, um according to my weather app. So um yeah, uh really looking forward to it. Uh you know, we got really it starts starts Thursday, uh with the optional arc attached uh, from nine a M. to two PM Eastern. And then uh the uh, the general tire delivers two hundred uh six forty four PM Eastern the green flag on Friday evening. Uh sunset is eight twenty eight. So I'm um, just throwing that out there. Um eighty laps, two hundred miles, uh Corey Hines a defending race winner. Uh yeah, Brandon Jones rowdy are uh, gonna be going for trying to go for three for three in the number eighty one car. He wanted Iowa, he wanted Charlotte and we're gonna see if he wanted Pocono uh second in twenty seventeen and third in twenty sixteen in the Arca race of Pocono. So um not gonna be an easy one to win. Um I know Nick Sanchez is gonna be hungry for a win. Raja Karut's still looking for his uh first career victory. So uh you're gonna have to keep your eyes on those guys as well. And uh yeah, we also have to see seventeen year old Jake Finch make his Arca Arts series debut, uh super speedway debut with uh Veteran Motorsports. Um they have you know Finch uh, James Finch uh, has won at Pocono before with Jeff Purvis in uh, July 1994, so um, they've had some history there. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think we'll have a better sense of who's quick after the the uh, the, the optional pre-race practice on uh, on Thursday, and then on Friday uh, we would see practice and qualifying for the Arts Series as well as the uh, practice and qualifying for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Practice is back. Qualifying is back, and we get a full weekend out of it. <laughs>
2: And what about, it'll be Todd Bodine's last, uh, says he's his last race in truck
0: series. Yeah, there's 38 trucks having for 36 spots. Um, You know, so, you know, nothing's guaranteed, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be his 800th start. Uh, We had Kenny Bruce from Big Diamond on Thursday night. He talked about Todd Bodine being there uh, to support Stuart Friesen and the Halmar Gang. In the Super Dirt Car Series race, held a big dime in the 3 8 mile. And, uh, yeah, Rowdy, really looking forward to the weekend. Uh, just like I said, getting ready. Um, you know, uh, I, I worked nine straight days uh, leading up to the race, so it's been busy. But uh, really looking forward to Friday and Saturday. Um, you know, I think Sunday's going to be a good race. You know, we've had 14 different winners in the Cup Series so far this year. Um, I don't know if I would say it's the greatest season uh, yet so far. I kind of want to see how the rest of the year plays out. But, uh, yeah, uh, Christopher Bell, who did, who did win it loud and did, 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 did do the tire test of Pocono back in May, along with Daniel Suarez and Eric Almarola. So uh, they had a little bit of a chance with the next-gen car on, around the to Triangle, and I was there to see that. So, uh, yeah, just getting ready for the race, Rowdy. Uh, big weekend coming up. Um, I know I'll be there. Um, you know, still, still working on stuff, but I know by Thursday or so we'll, we'll know exactly what's going on.
2: Uh, Kyle, you know, uh, talking, just talking about the kids stuff in the midway, I'm going to try to repost that probably tomorrow on my Facebook, just for you to see, because they asked if I'd go out and do a Facebook live of what was going on out there. And Kyle, uh, I know you've been out there, but it, it there's, there's a place that you can sit and they've got like a... Huge living room set out there where you can sit in different types of outdoor furniture in an area, listen to music. Then if you want all kinds of drinks, but then you go and walk around the big square, a big circle there, and uh, there's anything and everything for kids to do.
0: That's why I've always enjoyed Pocono, Rowdy. Um, you know, June 8th was, was, you know, the 20. you know, I've been going to Pocono for 20 years now. June 8th, 2002 was my first ever race there, an ARCA series race, uh, won by Damon Lusk. Uh, that was my first race there. And I don't know what it is, Rowdy, but, you know, it's so friend-friendly and everybody, you know, everybody, like, treats you like family. And, you know, it's been a very key part of my racing career, uh, Pocono. I've been going there since 2002 and... Now, you know, we're coming up on 20 years, and then 10 days from now, it'll be the first my first NASCAR race, July 28, 2002, uh, the Pennsylvania 500. So, um, yeah, uh, it's been a long, you know, it's been a long, strange trip, I guess you can say. Um, you know, we're, we're glad we got to cover the doubleheader last year. Um, that's no longer now. Um, Pro Pocono going back to one cup race, and it um, looks like tickets have been selling pretty good, Rowdy. It uh, looks like I think it's the 200 level that's still around. Um, yeah. I saw today, I think the 200 level, that's still, uh, tickets are still available, but they are selling quick. So, um, just hope, like I said, the weather cooperates and we have a good race. Um, that, that's what I liked about the next-gen cars, the parity, um, every single week that we've seen with that. Um, uh, like I said, 14 different winners so far. That's, so, that, um, if that's what
2: you're trying to stri- uh, strive to reach, Kyle, that, I mean, 14 different winners says it. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's uh, spreading the wealth around. Yeah. Hey, and it hadn't uh, always been big guys either, Kyle. You know, it hadn't been all, it hadn't been Hendricks and Childers, you know, uh, JG uh, and Gibbs. It, it's been spread around. But uh, Kyle, what about Justin Agar winning his second Xfinity race this year?
0: Well. Roddy, what I do know about that race is that t- Trevor Bain's tired of finishing second. That I do know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Justin Allgaier got the win again. Um, you know, his first at the Magic Mile at Loudoun. Um, you know, busy weekend there with the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour, and also the NASCAR Cup Series. So, yes, Justin Allgaier, uh winning another race, another win for Junior Motorsports. They've been doing really well this year. And, uh yeah, Josh Berry got his first pole on Friday. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised. You know, uh, William Byron ran that race too. Didn't run as well as I thought. Um, you know, running a Cup guy, and you know, and I, I know we'll talk a little bit about more about more about Pocono later. But um, yeah, Loudon, um, just having somebody like Justin Allgaier who might be emerging as the championship favorite in that series. Um, he's had a really good year. You know, I know he's been close, but this could be the year that he, you know, that he that he finally does it. You know, Phoenix is a good track for him. And, uh, you know, now he doesn't have to, you know, he, I know he'll have to go up against Daniel Hemrick and his teammate Noah Gregson, maybe Josh Berry, Kai Gibbs. I mean, those are going to be some guys you're going to want to keep your eye on the rest of the year. Um, yeah. So 200-lap um, 200, 200 race, won by Justin Allgaier, and, uh, you know, he gets another win.
2: That's right. I let, lucky enough to have
0: the recording from the deadline room there.
2: I think. (laughs) Hey Bob.
8: All right, we're joined by Dale Earnhardt Jr., owner of Junior Motorsports. Uh, Congratulations on the win, Dale. Yep. Uh, Why don't you tell us uh, about the today's race and uh, what it means for uh, for the organization?
6: Well, just uh, I will say this: I've never been in that victory lane before in my life. Um, i never won a cup race in my career here or an expenditure race. Had never, to my knowledge, uh, won an Xfinity race as an owner here. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So uh, Bob would know if I was incorrect with him statistics, but um felt like the first time anyways, and that's, uh, you know, It's a great feeling, Uh, first time win with our corn numbers. We've been trying to get those numbers in this sport for a long time on the side of the car, and finally this year we got them. So I know Rick Brown will be happy about that because he's really wanted those corn numbers, and uh, just happy for Justin. Super, super great guy. Represents our our uh, organization so well. He's so great to all the employees and works so hard. Um, And uh, the whole team, Jason Burdett, they all been together for a while, so. We'll love watching them run well they started out the race really fast and had a great car and were able to put it together crazy up and down race uh, we had some cars that got in trouble uh one minute your heart's in the gutter and then at the end of the race you're you're happy as you can possibly be at a racetrack so uh it's, it's an interesting uh, uh roller coaster ride for sure all right we'll open it for questions right there pat
9: pat to go on nascar.com congrats on the win uh, I feel like Justin said this after Nashville, maybe, but he mentioned that like this is the best time that's ever that he's been a part of JR Motorsports, like, and things are just clicking on all cylinders, all four teams. Like, as an owner, like, what went into that, and do you feel that, and like, what are some of those factors?
6: Well, there's always a turnover of individuals on the shop floor, mechanics and engineers, and it's it's that's the way it's supposed to be. We're we're supposed to be uh, a short stop in your career, uh, for a lot of guys that that have ambition to to go beyond what we do, and um, but we do have some long tenured employees that that really enjoy being there and have made a home at Junior Motorsports that they want to keep, and so trying to find the right uh, way to fit those pieces together uh, is always a fun challenge, and um, I think our I think our lineup of drivers is as strong as it's ever been. I think our lineup of crew chiefs are working uh, better together than they ever have. We've had some great crew chiefs, Dave Ellens and other people in our organization, that were tough to see go. But, um, you know, when when they work together, they can be stronger as a group. And so there's a lot of great information going from car to car. And um, we've got great engines, really, really great engines uh, from, from, Hen- from Hendrick. Our, uh, you know, our support from Hendrick when it comes to resources, engineering, and sim, and all those things has never been, that that river's never flowed as smooth and as, as current as as, uh, as it does now, and uh, so everything's working well. Uh, we still, I mean, at the start of this race, I told everybody to the kids guys I felt like we're still the cars to beat here. This has been a tough track for us to win at, and just kind of get our cars to really work in the middle of the corner and. That was sort of playing out at the start of the race with the 54 and 18 jumping out there in front, but um, we we just outlasted them today. You know, it was a bit of an attrition race and a lot of accidents. Took a lot of people out and a lot of people had trouble. We just sort of outlasted them, and that you know you put enough race cars on the racetrack, that gives you better odds. Um, And we put we put enough winning cars on the track, so our odds have been never better than they are this year. So. I think that, that that plays a lot into it. But we're taking advantage of it and enjoying it for sure. We go home and we have beer toast and everybody um, is, the morale in the shop I don't think could be better. I'll head right here.
5: Matthew Morris with YankeeRacer.com. Dale, I know you've been a big supporter of short track racing. And how? what can you say about the sport as a whole right now where guys from the top three national series are going and running these grassroots short track events?
6: I watched last night with Reddick, uh, ran at a local track, uh, I think it what was it? Um, Lee, USA, yeah. And uh, I watched because Reddick was in that race, and um, it turned out to be a really enjoyable time to watch. And, and I know that Brad Keselowski in the last week or two went to a local track where he used to compete at. And uh, so, it's. I mean, but it's not a new thing. I mean, I know this is... Uh, uh, no different than what Kyle Larson does uh, and, and a lot of other guys uh, running different disciplines whether it's dirt or asphalt going back to the short tracks It's just fun to see your cup guys and, and cup competitors that uh, You know that, that you really um, we really hold up to a high standard in terms of talent and ability uh, It's fun to see them step down or go back to the roots of motorsport and uh, try different things. It's awesome to see Chase Elliott do uh, not only super late models, but go drive a sprint car. Something so foreign to him, but him put his pride aside and and, and go and learn some new discipline, right? Understand that he's not going to be great at it, but wants to learn. Uh, you see all kinds of guys from the trucks and Xfinity series and the Cup series going to Millbridge and running the micros and whatnot. I think that's, um, you know, obviously they're trying to get some dirt experience because that's kind of becoming a part of the top three series, but also it's great for that connection uh, to short track racing and helps those tracks and uh, survive. And, and uh, so I, I think it's amazing, and I hope that we see more of it. Uh, for whatever reason, I hope it continues, and uh, especially like what Reddick did, uh, going to run in a super somewhere. When we're... Um, coming to, to, uh, to an area in the country, and one of our stars, just one, goes and races at the local short track that's close to that track, like what Reddit did, that really connects, I feel like. Because that, that, I used to see that in the, in the 80s, even in the 70s before I was around, but in the 80s and 90s when, we were, when Dad and Trickle and all those guys were going to these races on a weekend, they were stopping at the local racetrack for a Friday or Saturday night show And the same fans were seeing them race there and race on Sunday, the same people. Um, So that was a big deal, man. It was
8: awesome. I will come up front to Bob
6: and then PRN.
7: I didn't know it, but I looked it up. First junior motorsports win here, but chance two, Truex won here. So I don't know whether you count that. Dang, I
6: must have been in the race.
7: 2005 or something. I must have been
6: in the race. No way I was in victory lane that night. Uh,
7: But I'm curious what you thought of Noah Gregson getting – you know, gets spun, yeah. falls back to seventeenth, comes back for a top five. What do you think that means for him, you know, considering the last few weeks he's had?
6: Yeah, I was um I was hoping that nothing happened additional, uh, after that little deal. Uh it's hard to it's hard to hold back your uh, frustrations and anger and uh but Noah can't afford to go uh make contact with the eleven after getting spun. He's sorta of in uh, the penalty box right now, right? He can't. He's he can't afford to go retaliate. NASCAR's not going to appreciate that. So um, I'm 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 uh, I'm glad that nothing additional happened. And uh, you know we're trying to help Noah, and Noah's trying to help himself, sort of move beyond what what went on at Road America. And um, I think that that might be a good. Uh, I think that might be a good clue for him to, to understand, though, that the guys aren't going to race him the way they have in the past, and they're not going to take as much hard racing from him. Uh, and when he made a mistake, and Will hopped into the door of the 11, even though it was a mistake, that's all it's going to take to get to get something in return because of what has happened at Road America. So um, he'll just have to race a little careful and give these guys a little more respect and room. and Everything should be fine going forward. Okay, we'll take one more for Dale.
4: Hey, Dale, Doug Turnbull for PRN. Speaking to Noah with with the news and the sh- shifting sands in the Cup Series there, I, kn- I know you talked about your place being a shortstop. It hasn't, just like with Justin, hadn't been a shortstop for Noah, with this is his fourth year. A- any insight into what, what his future is or any advice you could give him? I know like, you don't want to answer that too, too fully, but... Uh, just some insight, I guess, on the shifting sands there. Yeah. I, the, the one thing I'll
6: say is that I, I can't wait for the phone to ring for ease, any of our four guys to get a call. I want, to know, I, want, I want to know about it as soon as it happens, and I can't wait to help them make the decision of whether that's a smart move for them or not. That was such a great day. I was standing, on the, I was standing in the lobby uh, or the year four, four, of my house when Eric Amarola called me, and he said, I got some tough news. He said, "Richard Petty has called me to see if I was like, you got to go." I didn't even let him finish the sentence. I was like, "That's it. That's what we do this for. Like, this is your chance, you know." And uh, I was so I was so happy, you know, because that's that's like a win. That's like a trophy. That's like what happened today uh, to get a call. Uh, it's kind of like getting pulled up from the minors, and um, it could happen any minute, right, in the middle of the year. And so. Uh, yeah, I'm excited any time that happens and the potential for Noah to have that opportunity. I I I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting I'm waiting to hear that phone ring any second, for him, for any of our guys.
8: Okay, Dale, thank you very much. And we are now joined by today's race winner, driver of the number seven, Brandt Chevrolet, Justin Olgay, congratulations on today's victory. Thank you. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about the race and uh, what it means to uh, to get this your third victory of the season?
10: Well obviously it's uh a little bit of weight off the shoulders right it's uh it's a place that as we talked about you know that we've not won as a as an organization in GMO Sports and that's a big deal you know as as um as competitive as our race team is and, and the opportunities to win um you, you never know when the next one's going to come and, and so to be able to come here and to make the to make the uh the, the race go the way that we did I mean I I didn't feel like our uh, our brand our culture camera was was as good as we wanted to be at the start of the race and truth be told I got super frustrated and um you know, especially when we lost some track position there, I just didn't, I just, I wasn't doing a good job behind the wheel. And the team really rallied behind that and and kept me calm and and just kept, you know, telling me to push through it and and we'd get it fixed up. And and sure enough, um, you know, we were able to make some good adjustments to the car and get ourselves in good position. And and then most importantly, just get good track position at the end. You know, there was a couple of things that Eddie kind of walked me through um, traffic wise that we were able to kind of make some passes that really were the difference maker. And um you know, I could tell that the 10 car was on the definitely on the free side, and and he was trying to hang on as best he could. But they had, you know, really as, as a whole, colleague had a lot of speed today. So you know, we know that they're they're definitely getting their their ship point in the right direction, and and um they're gonna be a threat, you know, week in and week out as they as they always are. So uh, just proud of our team, though. I mean, you know, it was, a, it was kind of the race of attrition. I mean, I felt like. You know, some of the cars that I thought we'd be battling up there towards the front um, had issues today, whether that be crashes or, or you know, mechanical failures. But, um, you know, I still don't know what happened between Julie and I. Um, I'm, I, f- I feel really bad. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd have to. I'll have to look at the replay. But, but regardless of of what happened, I I, I feel bad about it. I mean, obviously, um, you know, never do I want to make contact with a competitor, whether that's for a position or not. And so um, I don't know exactly what happened there, but. But definitely uh, for me at the beginning of the race, that honestly threw me off my game uh, for a long while. I was, I was kind of not in my right space of mind because I, I felt bad over that. So, um, you know, proud of the team for rallying behind me. You know, to get Brandt, professional agriculture, back in victory lane, you know, it seems like I've won in every brand of, of, of partner other than theirs here lately. And, and unfortunately, they're in Brazil right now. They, they just opened their new and facilities in Brazil, and um, they had a huge, huge um, a party yesterday and, and going into this weekend, and so, I'm bummed that they're not here with us this weekend. But I know that uh, you know they're celebrating down in Brazil just as much as we are here. And then the last part is my wife's birthday, so I felt like I couldn't go home without a trophy for my wife's birthday. So you know we're making the most of uh, making the most of the trip up here. Fantastic. Okay, we'll open with Dustin right here.
6: Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Justin, I- I'm just curious in what you said. You, d- you felt bad about the contact with the 45. And, and what what was it? I mean, it was. Why did you feel so bad about it? You've had contact before. I mean, it. the stuff happens in racing, doesn't it?
10: Well, you know, I was I was excited to see her get a shot to come here to race. First of all, um, I think that's a really big deal, and I'm I'm excited for her. Um, and, and second of all, it it was at a point of the race where it didn't it didn't matter, right? We were coming towards the end of the first stage. You know, obviously the 80, the 88 and I were racing hard, and I think that that kind of fed into what ultimately happened, but, but it wasn't, um, you know, I think, I think when you're racing hard and, and something happens, whether it be malicious or not, you know, look at the end of the day, race cars are expensive. And, and the, probably for me, I have, I have the utmost respect for the men and women that put these race cars together, the men and women that write the paychecks, um, and the the checks to fix these cars. So, you know, um, from Tommy Joe and, and, and his whole group there, I mean, obviously, whether I was wrong or not, I still felt bad. And, um, you know, like I said, I haven't seen a replay. I don't know exactly what happened. We definitely ran out of room really quickly off of turn four, and I think that was where it it, uh, confused me a lot because I I felt like, um, you know, the 88 was almost to my outside, and then immediately we were, you know, making contact with the 45. So, you know, again, whatever whatever the outcome was, whatever – you know I'll, I'll take full responsibility whether I was at fault or not I mean I hate seeing another competitor's car get damaged and and ultimately that's what ended up happening so I, I felt really bad for that okay we'll go to David right here
11: if it's with the finish Justin you know as a follow-up to that you said you kind of threw you off and kind of got, got you out of your group with that contact with 45 how do you get over that and how do you get back
12: into that group
10: well I think good people um you know between Eddie and Jason you know they um they both were, were instrumental in getting me back on my game I think in these cars, you know, uh, the instincts have – you have to be at 100% to have your instincts working optimally. And, you know, that sounds kind of odd, but, you know, just, just making maneuvers on restarts and, and getting by guys and, you know, being um, being cautiously aggressive, right? I don't feel like you can do that when you're not at 100%. And so I, I really was was thrown off by that, and I, and, and I was thinking about something else, and I should have been thinking about going forward. And um, then it got us back in traffic and then once you're back in traffic you know the dirty air and and just track position and you got some you know you guys are racing differently Um, it just it just put me in a bad spot and you know we got lucky that we didn't get crashed or or crash ourselves in that moment and I feel like um, I've got to do a better job you know here I'm sitting here talking as the winner of the race and I'm I'm telling you that I gotta do a better job not very often you you get that opportunity so um, you know again hats off to the team because Eddie and, and Jason really did a good job of kind of getting me back on my game, and then once we got the track position and, and we were able to get out front, um, you know, you got to let go of all of it. You got to figure out how to make the most of your day, and we did that, and, and we put ourselves in a good position. And obviously, ultimately, won the race. You know, I think if I had still been in a bad space uh, when Landon was able to get that run and, and get clear of me, I don't think I could have gotten back by him had I not been in a clear clear headspace. So um, again, you know, I think that's what's great about our team. You know, whether it be my seven car or any of our five cars today, but normally four cars, um, we have great people that are really able to kind of write the shipping in. It's going back in the right direction. I think that means a lot. And then you know,
11: obviously your third win of the season. Uh, you know, you guys had speed all year. Dale touched on this a little bit. But what's the morale been like in the shop all
10: year? Well, the morale is great. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're um, the eight or the 88 today, you know, obviously they both had had tough days. Uh, winning makes things a little better. But but still, I mean, um, the the beauty of our race team right now is, is that all of our cars are running good. Um, you know, even when we're having trouble like we did today with some of the cars, they were still – I mean, truth be told, I thought the 88 was the best car of the day. Uh, no questions asked. I thought he was the best car of the day. So, you know, regardless of, of the outcome, there's a lot of hanging your head high about our entire organization. Name me an organization that runs as good cons- consistently – with every car as ours and i and i would find that i i really don't know that there is one um to have all four of our cars or five today that, are, that have a shot at a win in a race that's that's special and um you know dale alluded to it but but really you know just proud of our team i don't i don't think people realize how important um the position we're in is right now and and i feel like we're, we're definitely driving things in the right direction and just really really um appreciative and proud of our race team
8: Okay, we'll take a few more for Justin.
5: Right here, gentlemen. Matthew Warren with YankeeRacer.com. Justin, Dale said that this track was not, that you guys didn't do well on this track beforehand, that, you know, Joe Gibbs racing over the years had dominated, but how much of a big win is it for this organization today and to, you know, stop JGR's dominance?
10: It's huge. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to see the 54 have trouble, and I still don't know. Nobody ever really told me what happened, but they were. I guess they were working on the right front corner. Um, You know, I ran second here last year to Christopher, but I didn't. I didn't have a great day, right? We kind of. I'm not gonna say we lucked into a second, but we kind of lucked into a second last year, right? But I feel like we learned a lot, and we were able to 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 kind of do the right things. Where I feel like today was interesting was. you saw a shift. Excuse me. You saw a shift in, in cars that I felt like um, over the last six months maybe have, have had some struggles. Uh, the 10 car and Landon, for example, Landon did a phenomenal job today, right? But to do that job, they've obviously made huge inroads in their program. So uh, to see all three of the college cars up there, to see our you know five cars up there, to see you know at one point I looked and there was like 10 Chevys in a row. I mean, as a, as a driver, as that manufacturer, that feels good, man. I'm not going to lie to you. That feels great. And so, um, you know, I know that there's been a lot of a collective work amongst our, our organizations to, to, to make our whole program better at Chevrolet. And, and, you know, that starts at the top and works its way down. And whether it be on the Cup side or the Xfinity Series side or the Truck Series side. And so I'm proud of our, our position right now as a whole. And, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow to see a Chevrolet win the race. And that makes me feel good as, as not only a racer, because um, I want to succeed and do well for myself, but but just looking at the greater picture, it really makes me feel good.
8: OK. Right there with PRN,
4: please. Hey, Justin. Doug Turnbull for PRN. There, there like We were surprised calling the race. There were 12 cautions <laughs> in the race today. And, and I know the truck series, you hear a lot of people talk about back in the pack. It's like there's a lot of things that need to be learned, I guess, to say it politely. And I don't know that I felt quite the same as a spectator watching the Xfinity series, but did, did you feel like the aggression was different today, or just a lot of mistakes, or what made this race so yellow? I,
10: I wish I could tell you what made it so yellow. Um, I, I I even questioned that during the race, right, because I'm rolling around there, and obviously I caused one of them, or, or was involved in one of them, but, but I just felt like there was a lot of indecisiveness today, right? There wasn't a lane that was particularly better than the other, and and you know, Marcus Smith came to victory lane and I, I actually, um, <laughs> I told him, I said, I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate the fact that we didn't apply anything to the racetrack today. Um, there are places that it might be good and, and be better, but, but here at New Hampshire, I thought it was, you know, it was really good. And, and we saw a lot of guys in the bottom. We saw a lot of guys in the top, you know, there was a lot of, of multi lane racing today that maybe we haven't seen in the past year. And I, and I felt really good about that. Um, that being said, I feel like at certain points, you know, um, you, you had some guys that maybe were just tired of, of getting raced certain ways. Um, you had some guys that were showing some pretty serious aggression today. But I didn't feel like that was out of the norm. I just felt like it caused more cautions than, than normal today. And, and um, you know we had some smokers. I, I think the maybe two cars had had some engine failures, or maybe maybe three. Um, that, that allowed us to, to have caution, so it wasn't necessarily all attrition as far as, as uh, crashes goes. Uh, excuse me, it wasn't all crashes. It was some attrition, just you know, failure. So I, I'd be interested to go back and I'm really gonna, I'm, I'm interested to go back and watch this race, you know, um, on, on my DVR because I think there was a lot of things that, that I didn't expect to happen today that really will be uh, key to, to kind of learning what this race looks like in the future. Okay, we'll
8: finish up with Bob here in the front.
10: Hi, Bob. Was there was there a was there a drunk bob this week?
7: No drunk bob
8: this. Man.
10: Week. I feel like downtown I downtown would have been a great thing for you. Yeah. So. Anyways, go ahead. All
7: right. Um and that's acting drunk bob, not not drunk
10: I know people. that, but I mean your videos are awesome. Yeah, so I so. I keep telling Bob we need to we need to reenact this cuz I feel like it was great. So anyways, go ahead, Bob.
7: Yeah, I have two. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> um did it was there any residual p j one from two years ago left, and will there be any left for the cup cars tomorrow
10: it, potentially a small amount right I think at the the very bottom bottom groove that that kind of um, right above the apron lane, it looks as though there's maybe just a little bit of residual that, that's down there, but I do feel like it 's really really hard to use that to your advantage right it 's such a tight radius and on the cup car with the um, with being able to shift you know maybe somebody's able to figure out how to run that bottom lane and be a little uh be a little aggressive with it you know i was able to run down there a good bit today but i really felt like it it burned the tires off a lot more than i than i anticipated so you know in in the coming to the end of the second stage i pretty much i pretty much had to stop in the middle of the corner because i had run down low too long and and burned the tires off of it so that all being said i think that tomorrow you know the shifting is going to be interesting I think that um, the Cup Series car is going to be interesting, but I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a great race. I can't wait to watch uh, tomorrow. I think it's going to be an exciting race, and I do feel like that the maybe the little bit that's down did help the race today, but if there is any residual down tomorrow, they are going to find it, and they are going to find it in a hurry. I can promise you that.
7: And you're 16 points, I think, now behind Amendinger for the uh, point lead, and considering the way you've been running, do you feel like it's kind of yours to lose almost?
10: Well, I can tell you the year that we won the, the regular season championship was probably the worst playoff I've ever had in my entire career. So I'm not sure that I want to uh, to gain the 16 points, to be honest with you. It is ironic that it's 16 and A.J.'s number is 16. But, but um, you know, as I said earlier, I feel like their program, they, they definitely made huge inroads this weekend. Now that's to be seen at other places that we go, right? But I feel like they did a great job. You know, and let's be honest. Um, This racetrack is similar in size to Phoenix and and you know if and when they make it to the final Four at at Phoenix um, Whatever they did today obviously worked so You know proud of those guys. I mean, you know as as much as we are competitors. I'm you know I want to see them to to elevate their program. I mean they're a a fellow Chevrolet team I want to see them elevate their program and I want to battle with them Um, we had good battles today, and I think we're going to you know moving forward so you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what that kind of looks like moving forward. But we're not worried about points. Um, if you look at today, I mean, we 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 probably gave up points in the stages to to have a shot at winning the race. Ultimately, it worked out for us. But you know, sometimes it doesn't. And so today, we we hedged on the side of trying to win, and, and it worked out. And there was no points thought in that in that process. So we um, we're just going week in and week out. We're trying to make the most of our program. And ultimately, um, yeah, we might lose a few stage points, but Winning races is, is obviously good for the bonus points and good for the uh, the points talents at the end of the year.
2: All right, congrats. So Kyle, you know, Junior Motorsports was on top of their game this past weekend. Uh, pretty awesome finish by all of them. And it's Justin Augar, one of those guys that stays in Xfinity, Kyle.
0: Yeah, I think I think Justin Allgaier is probably the favorite right now. You know, he's had a good year. You know, he won at Darlington, uh, won this weekend. And I, it's been good, Junior Motorsports as a whole. I think Sam Mayer is going to win a race here at some point, and And uh, that's kind of where I think Junior Motorsports is going to be. Well,
2: with well, that being said, Kyle, uh for Bale, brings it home on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I I kind of expect Christopher Bell is I've got my theory of of who he acts to me is going to grow into, and uh, I'm going to give that later. But Kyle, I think he's just going to be he don't mind getting his hands dirty and driving anything that turns on a wheel. I mean, I, there's one weekend I seen him in the in the little midget dirt, and then seen him in the Trans Am over at uh, Road America, and he he loves to race like that other uh, Kyle Kyle. He just loves to race and, it, and seat times everything. So I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to bring Christopher Bell uh, in the victory lane here.
13: All right. We're going to get started with our post-race media availabilities here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, We are joined by the crew chief from the race-winning team, which is the number 20 uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, and we have Adam Stevens here. Um, Adam, your first win of the season, why don't you just talk a little bit about what this means for you
1: guys?
12: Man, it really means a lot. You know, we uh, we had a couple we felt slip away from us early in the year, um, certainly race-winning cars and race-winning efforts, and weren't able to put it all together. And, and today, I'll be the first to admit, I don't think we had the best car, but um, you can't make mistakes, and you have to make the right calls at the right times, and, and you have to have a couple brakes go your way. And we checked all those boxes today, and, and we're able to be our best at the end um, after a few adjustments and Christopher's feedback. Um, and we knew we had a good long-run car, so it was definitely key that that last run stayed green and we were able to show it.
13: Awesome. Well, we'll open up to questions for Adam. If you have a question for Adam, please raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you and we'll start right here with Doug.
4: Hey, thank you. Uh, Doug Turnbull from PRN. Good to see you again. What, what was the biggest thing that you felt like either the, the 20 team or others that you were listening to or getting feedback from were fighting? Because in my position standing in the turns, it just it looked like it was really hard to drive out there.
12: Yeah, um, these cars aren't easy to drive, and this place is super bumpy. Um, We don't come here twice a year. Obviously, it's the first time we've been here with this car. There's lots of things about this car, setup-wise, that that make it um, hard to handle. And uh, all setups are a compromise, and and there's some pretty big compromises here. And, um, you know, the the entry bumps are um, something that that plays a major factor in the setup and uh, controls the rest of the corner, and, and it just seemed like to rotate the center, you were on edge of being too free on the exit, um, which is pretty normal for uh, for Loudon, but um, it was probably magnified since this was our first rip at it as a series uh, coming here with these cars.
13: Mr over here with Bob and then go to Matthew
12: Bob Parker's Fox sports. I have two the first off,
7: did you think you had a better car than the nine?
12: Uh, I thought we did on the long run. Uh, there were multiple times in the race uh, with shorter runs that we were racing him and not quite able to clear him um, and I really felt like With laps on tires, we were as good as anyone, so it was just key to get that long run. Um, And then, I mean, clearly we drove away from them at the end there. But, uh, yeah, it it seemed like we needed a good 40 laps on our tires to really show our strength.
7: And, uh, you know, NASCAR to make a decision on the wheel coming off last week. They said no penalty. Do you feel like, do you win this race if you're not here and you have to make changes to your crew?
12: Um, yeah, it would have been a bigger factor with the over-the-wall guys than it would be without my physical presence here. Um, with all the tools and communication, uh, ways to communicate that we have, you know, me sitting in Huntersville um, wouldn't have been the end of the world. Um, and certainly my two engineers are very, very capable and they could probably answer the questions that I would need to answer without my input. So. Um, that wouldn't slow us down, I don't think. But, you know, if, if you're going back to the drawing board with with the uh, pit crew roster, um, you know, we just had one week to gel um, at Atlanta, and, and this is our second week for them to gel. So um, I don't think you can, in a couple practices, work all those kinks out. And obviously we feel like we're putting our best foot forward there, so um, to bring a couple new guys in w- would have been tough. I think that would have been the story.
13: Go here to Matthew.
5: Matthew Warners with YankeeRacer.com. Adam, another dominating performance by JGR today. Martin led a lot of the race, and then Christopher won. What makes JGR be so well up here? And with the limited amount of practice, how do you think the new car was going to react to this track in particular?
12: Ah, man, I was at much at a loss um, the weeks leading up, you know, thinking about setups and, and using all of our tools and our simulations. And like I said, everything's such a compromise. It, it's really tough to know if you're making the right decisions. And I would say if it was a, a short run race, that we wouldn't have been the best, you know. Um, but thankfully, it was a long run race at the end, you know. And, and why JGR is good up here, I don't know. We've been good up here for years with different rules packages and even different drivers. I think just about all of our drivers have have dominated a race up here. I guess Martin hasn't won, um, but he's been good enough to win. I can't tell you how many times, and certainly he was today. But uh I think sometimes success breeds on success and when you're good and everybody else is good, you're finding those little ways to get better. You know, you, you look at our road course program now and we're not very good and it's tough to find ways to get better. You kind of need that that set up or, or that, that team that's doing an, a better job and you can pick out what the differences are and then you can exploit those and, and keep uh, kicking the can down the road. And I think that as a group, we just hit on something um, years ago and, and have been able to duplicate it with all the different tire combinations and rules packages.
13: Go to Mark.
4: Mark Garrow, PRN. Congratulations. Fourteen different winners. You're in the playoff at this particular point. How do you view
2: your situation now, and do you start to dare to peek ahead to what you need to do for the playoff?
12: Well, now we, we clearly need bonus points. I think that we've shown all year that we have probably top five speed um, week in and week out. We just dug such a deep hole at the beginning of the season. At one point, you know, four or five or six races in, we were like 32nd in the points and. and I think we're, you know, somewhere around 8th right now and um, far enough away from uh, the back end of the playoff qualified cars now that we don't have to sweat that for these next few weeks. And it was getting to the point, you know, with uh, Daytona and Indy Road Course still on the schedule that it was pretty clear that it was going to take uh, a win to get in and thankfully um, we had just enough uh, capability in our car and, and situations played out we could get it done today.
2: So what do you think? Do we see
12: 15? 16 different winners, or we are we at the max? Um, what do you think? I think we will see at least one more. I, I really do. Um, the fact that the 12 and the 19 and the 4 haven't won is astonishing to me. Um, certainly I think we all had them on our potential winners list at the beginning of the year. And, and they've shown the speed, um, you know, maybe not every weekend, but certainly they have weekends where they're as good as anyone. Um, all three of them. So, I would expect one of them in victory lane, and, and anything can happen at Indy. Um, we saw the finish of that race last year. Um, brutal. And clearly anything can happen, and usually does, at Daytona.
13: Do we have any additional
9: Go over here? Tactical NASCAR.com. Both you and Christopher, cool, calm, collected. Uh, but how close are you guys to hitting the panic button? <laughs> like, not having a playoff spot until right now.
12: Um, we haven't even really talked about it. Um, we felt like that... Um, our speed, week in and week out, is good enough to put us in position to win races, and we've been in that position um, plenty of time this year. And we felt like if we do our jobs on the weekend, that we're scoring plenty of points. I didn't feel like the 19 was out of reach point-wise. Um, the 12 is now, um, but you know, we felt like there, there was still an off chance that we could point our way in, and uh, a very good chance that we could win a race.
13: Going to go to Nathan in the back.
11: Adam, when when you're in that situation, how much do you coach Christopher versus maybe how much you'd coach Kyle in that situation from a few years ago?
12: Um, You talking in the shop or on the racetrack? Uh, Yeah, on the racetrack, I I tried to coach Christopher a little bit, and he told me that he had it under control, and clearly he did. So I thought that was a little surprising. Um, KB, um, you know, we've worked together for I don't know how many years, a lot. So we we knew how to push each other buttons the right way and what each one needed to hear. And um, I got to beat a little bit different drum for for Christopher, but we're going to have to get in this situation more to to figure out what information he needs to do his best. And um, the last thing you want to do as a crew chief is have the driver misunderstand the situation and and make an aggressive mistake when maybe he doesn't need to. So, um, you know, those are conversations that we'll have, and, and we'll look through the data and... And I'll figure out what he wants to hear in that situation. And, um, you know, KB and I had it from all the Xfinity days and, and, you know, the six years, I guess, on the Cup side together that, um, you know, we just, it was like second nature to us. So we got some learnings to do. We got to get in this situation a little bit more often.
13: I'll go back to Matthew.
5: I meant to ask, I know fuel mileage has always been a big thing at this particular track, just about how you were telling Christopher to save fuel because was fuel a worry?
12: Um, No, Uh, we we were only telling him that under caution um, because we clearly have the opportunity to save fuel and be easy on the fuel under caution. The lap that the caution came out, we knew that we were on edge, and by the lap that we pitted, we knew that we were going to be fine. Um, But, you know, if they don't have a clean plug and and you don't have as much fuel in there as maybe you thought you did or if, if for some reason the track would grip up and the lap times would drop later in the run, um, you know, it's it's just good practice, but um, we weren't on edge by the time we went green.
13: Anything final for Adam? We'll go back to Bob.
12: Uh, Bob
7: Hawkers, Fox Sports. When Christopher said, "I got it," you know, not to coach him anymore. Did that, you said did that surprised you, and did that make you feel like, oh, he's he's seeing something, and he's that that confidence. We're gonna win this thing.
12: Um, I think he understood that he was driving away and he just wanted his radio a li- little bit quieter. Um so no, I'm I was I was happy to hear it. I chuckled. I looked at uh um Morgan and just kinda of laughed and, and had a conversation with my uh engineers on the on the radio. But uh yeah. And clearly he did have it. So uh, uh kudos to him.
13: All right, Adam, congratulations on the win. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. All right, we're gonna continue with our press conferences here at New Hampshire. Uh, we are joined by the winning car owner, Joe Gibbs, with the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. We're gonna to go straight to questions for Coach. If you have a question, please raise your hand and we'll get a mic to you. We'll go right
4: here to Dan. Hey, Dan Gelson, Associated yes. Press. Hi. Well, first of all, I mean, how much pressure were you feeling for Christopher? And how much do you think he was feeling for himself coming into this race? Well,
14: uh, you know, with a young guy like that, there, there were so many stories out there today with that team. Uh, That was a young pit crew. Uh, It was our third generation. Jackson was on there. It was only his third race there uh, with those guys. So that was a great story. And then Christopher, you know, we really, in a lot of ways, held him back during the year. There's things that happened when he could have won races. And so, you know, you love to see a young guy like that, he and Morgan, They fight through everything that they fought through, and then to win the race. Huge for our sponsors, Reem. Huge deal. Been so uh, loyal to us. Um, Stanley Black & Decker has been also with Christopher a bunch. And so for all those sponsors and everything, it's just a huge deal for us. So there's a lot of stories seeing a young guy like that win a race today, I think, really. Uh says a lot about him and his team. Adam too, I shouldn't have left Adam out. He's he's uh he really does a great job of guiding uh things at a race shop and making decisions like that. That car was not very good when we started to race, that's the other thing. That car was kind of middle of the pack and struggling. And I think it says a lot about Adam and the team and everybody just kept fighting. And at the end, they got him going in, in the right direction.
13: To,
5: oh, Matthew, we'll go right there. Matthew Orris with AQRacer.com. Joe, just talk about the dominance by this organization. Martin led a lot today, and I know it must be heartbreaking for him to lose this race. And yeah. you know, what makes this organization just so successful with the Xfinity cars and the Cup Cars.
14: Yeah, I, I think with Martin, I really felt for him. To have a car like that, and uh with everything that worked out the way it did, yeah I think for us, we've had kind of a really up and down year. everybody kind of knows we've been off some for sure, road racing's giving us fits, and so it's hard, and new car, everything that's taken place, you just keep working hard. We've got great people lord's Lord's blessed us with great people, and we just keep working hard. And so hopefully we're getting a handle on things, and um, hopefully it'll show up.
13: You
5: go to Dustin. Dustin JC.com. Coach, Martin's fifth in points, got the most stage wins this year, but right now on the cut line. How nervous are you about that?
14: I'm very nervous about it. I think all of us. I think uh, I don't think any of us would have dreamed when the year started we would have you know 15 winners at this point. And uh, so... Yeah, uh, that's why we were pulling so hard for him to get it. And then, of course, Christopher was in pretty much the same boat. And so, thank goodness, Christopher was able to get it done. But we got to give Martin everything we can give him because we need that car. We need it in the playoffs, that's for sure.
13: Go to Pat. And then Bob.
9: Pat NASCAR dot NASCAR.com. Coach. Kyle sort of alluded to the fact that he's talking to other teams. Are you surprised that things have gotten to this point?
14: Yeah, I I am in a way. It's been hard. We've been working really hard to try and get things done. And it is hard, though. You've got to put a lot in place to make things work out. And we're working as hard as we can. We're going after it in a number of, number of different directions. And so, yeah, I'm surprised at this point that we haven't been able to get that finished
13: going to wrap up with Bob with Coach, and then we'll let him get going.
6: Yeah,
7: Coach, I had uh, back here, Bob Pockers, yeah, hey Fox Bob. Board, yeah. uh, I'm curious with all the pit crew stuff going on and Kyle's contract stuff going on, do you feel like you're, or is your organization in any, I don't want to say turmoil, but do you feel like there's a little bit, are you concerned that there's too much drama going on mm-hmm. there? <laughs>
14: I hope turmoil is not a good word for it, okay, because you're the the media guy. Give me a better word, will you? (laughs) Maybe struggle or something, you know, right now. Uh, But I I think that happens. That happens in pro sports. And I think that's the reason why we all like it so much. It's hard. It takes a lot up here. The thing that is probably the hardest is to get four teams going in the right direction. Other sports, you only have to get one. And so um, it, is, it is really hard, but I think uh, I, I kind of enjoy that part of it, but it is hard, and hopefully we'll get ourselves going in a, in a little better direction now. This was a big deal for us for sure, and so hopefully we can get a few more wins. We need to get Martin in too. All right, Coach,
13: congratulations thank to you. you and your thank family. You Thanks for joining
14: us. All right, thank you.
13: All right, and as you can see, we are joined by our race-winning driver, Christopher Bell, with the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. We will go straight to questions for Christopher. We'll start here with Dan, and then go to Dustin.
4: Dan Gelson, Associated Press. Hey, Christopher Christopher. Um, Adam was just in here, and he said at one point he he tried to coach you a little bit, and you said that you had it under control over the radio. You tried to comment out what happened there, and did you feel like what made you feel like so confident that you had it?
15: Yeah, I mean. Uh, so one thing that I really dislike is whenever people start giving me lap countdowns. So um, that's one thing well I've really struggled whenever I made the transition to NASCAR because the races are so long and uh, yeah, so like my even my spotter I think they just get caught up a little bit in the moment and just like, Hey, that's twenty to go, eighteen to go, fifteen to go. I'm like, dude I don't I don't need a countdown here. So you know and then Adam uh kind of I don't exactly remember what he said, but something along the lines of, you know, we got 50 laps to go. Don't burn your stuff up. And I'm like, man, there's still so much race left. I, you know, I I don't need a reminder of how much longer we got to go. So, you know, at at that point in time, I had a good idea of where we were at in the race and how much longer we had to go on tires. So, uh, yeah, I just want to let him know that I I felt confident about what we had and, and it worked out.
13: Go to Dustin.
5: Doesn't help on on jc. Christopher, you're undefeated here in the Xfinity series. You got the truck win, now a cup win. What makes you so good here at New Hampshire?
15: I wish I could tell you, but uh, the the truth of it is, is I've just had great race cars. So it's a really it's a bummer that my uh, I, I think I crashed or had prob. I know I had problems in 2020 with the 95 car because early in that race we we're looking like it was going to be a top 10 or possible top five. And then uh, I I think we had a brake rotor explode or something like that that took me out of it. So that was a bummer. And aside from that race, it's been a a great racetrack for me. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's anything that I have that makes me good here. I think I just have great race cars that allow me to uh, succeed.
13: We're going to go to Matthew and then Nathan.
15: Matthew
5: Werners for ThankYouRacer.com. Christopher JGR has been dominant at this track with the Xfinity cars and the Cup cars. And just to follow up, what has made this organization so successful up here?
15: Yeah, I mean, simple question or the simple answer is just the setup. But with that being said, the setups today in the next gen era is unlike anything else, and you can't even use notes from you know the last 10, 12 years of the Gen 6 car. So, you know, in some of these places that we go to, like Richmond is another great racetrack for JGR and. Some of their philosophies or whatever translated, and we were good at at Richmond with the next gen car. But then you look at the road courses, which were racetracks that we were super strong at last year or last several years with the Gen Six car, and now we're pretty much out to lunch with next gen. So, yeah, I mean it's uh, I really can't find a rhyme or reason to why they why we succeed at certain racetracks, but they uh, they definitely have their good tracks and bad tracks.
13: Go to Nathan.
11: Even some of the podium finish, Christopher, as kind of a follow-up to that, Ford had won the last four races here uh, today with kind of the opposite with Toyota dominating. Um, any, you know, it, is that just kind of the next-gen car, or is there any other factor do you think that kind of led to that?
15: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just what organization hits it that weekend, and, and you know, there's obviously a lot, of, a lot more Chevy and Ford teams than there are Toyota teams, so there's a lot more opportunity for them to dominate the race than it is for us, so... Uh you know, last week at Atlanta well it's a speedway race, so I'm not gonna count that. And then uh before that what would we have? Road America would the the JGR Toyotas have really struggled at road courses this year. And then if you look back in Nashville, we were one of the best groups, probably the best group. So, you know, it just comes in waves and there's racetracks we're good at and racetracks we're not good at yet.
11: Um, now, obviously, four, you're the 14th winner this year. Now, Martin's on uh, on the cut line. For you, is it more just relief that you that you have that win, and, and you're feeling safe on points at this point?
15: Yeah, I mean, it, it's been stressful. After the first couple of races of the year, I kind of wrote off pointing our way into the championship, and then we had a stretch of really good races, and and kind of turned that around to like, hey, we might be able to do this. And then you got guys that kept winning, and uh, the the point or the cutoff line kept creeping up and up and up. So uh, it feels really good to hopefully get myself above that cutoff line by a couple spots.
13: Go to Bob.
7: Uh, Bob Packers, Fox Sports. Kind of following up on what Dan asked. Like, when you told Adam that, like, you got it, I mean, did you just have confidence in what you saw your car was doing and what you saw Chase's car was doing that you would would win?
15: No, I mean, I definitely didn't feel like I was going to win at that point. But, uh, you know, I think Adam was just trying to make sure that I wasn't getting – Spun up in the car and get excited uh, to to see him in front of me, I guess. But at that point, there were still so many laps left that you know I, there there was no reason to get excited. You just had to take what it was given you, and you know the best car was going to win. And at that point, we still had a ton of laps left, so the the cars were going to go through another migration of lap time loss and tire degradation, and uh, yeah, whatever car was best in the long run was going to win at that point. And I wanted to let him know that you know I was calm inside the car and just doing my job.
7: I mean, you said the best car on the long run was going to win, but I asked Chase, who had the better car, and he said that you probably could have won in his car. And I'm curious, like, do you feel like you just, you drove a great last stage there? I mean, is that one of your better runs as a driver?
15: Uh, Bob, you know, this, this sport is, the sport of NASCAR racing and pavement racing in general is just so humbling. And I'm going to tell you a story of one of my... I don't know, younger Xfinity races, I think me and Kyle was in the field, we are at Phoenix. And uh, I passed Kyle on one of the runs and, I, and inside my head, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting good at this racetrack. And then we come into the pit stop, make a pit stop, come back out, and then the next run I'm running fifth and I can't do anything. And what that engraved in my head is, you are only as good as your race car. So if, you're, if your race car is fast and you have a first place car, it's pretty easy to get the first, as long as you do your job and you know if you're a fifth place race car you're not probably not going to take it from fifth to first and with that being said you know i i had a first place race car at the end of that race the basically the last third stage my, my car was the fastest one out there especially on the long run and uh i did my job to maximize that
13: anything additional for christopher go back to matthew and then over to doug
5: I know this is a fuel mileage track. How much did you put to your mindset to save fuel in that final stage?
15: Yeah, you know, that's not my department at all. So uh, that was all up to Adam. Um, And he told me with, I think, 75 or 70 laps to go that we were good on fuel. So, you know, that was the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, fuel mileage, I just do what I'm told. The, The crew chief tells me when to pit and tells me if I have to save and tells me if I'm good to go. And today he told me I was good to go
13: going
4: to go to Doug. Thank you. Doug Turnbull from PRN. We we talked to a lot of y'all in the bullpen yesterday here about what, what you expected at the track and, it, you know, if you thought it would run kind of like Gateway and Martinsville and some of the others that are really tough to pass. Did the race unfold handling-wise and passing-wise as predicted for y'all?
15: Uh, I think so. You know, I, first off, I will start by saying that I thought the track conditions today were amazing. Uh, if it was so much fun being able to use a little bit of the PJ one that was left on the bottom, um, and the exits on the top where guys don't typically run. So there were so many different lanes that you could kind of pick and choose to, to get some clean air and make passes. So that was awesome. And, you know, I feel like if your car was good, you could pass If your car wasn't good. You could not pass. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was happy with the, the product today and I don't exactly remember where I restarted, but it was not on the front row in Stage 3. So uh, my car was good, and I was able to make my way up there.
13: Anything final for Christopher? Go to Dan and wrap it
4: up. Christopher, last year when you won the Xfinity race, you said you only could only find one fan wearing your T-shirt, and you didn't have any uh, memorabilia or merch up here. Have you found any? Well, it, have got any more popular up here in a year with yet another win?
15: Definitely don't think I've... I've seen or noticed any more Christopher Bell shirts, but uh, Reem had a huge group of people here at the race, and so I got to go up and do a sweet visit pre-race, and I saw, you know, a couple kids wearing my shirts, and I I picked one out and said if if I win, and I knew that they were going to be going to victory lane, so I said if I won, then I was going to give it to him. I did, yeah.
13: That's awesome. Congratulations on the win today, Christopher. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. Christopher Bell winning. At New Hampshire Motor Speedway, Kyle. Got to work the crowd to sell T-shirts. And Christopher's going to be one of those guys that works the crowds. But now, guys, we're going to push on. We're pushing on to Pocono, Kyle. We got everything. Played for Pocono and are waiting to get played for Pocono (laughs) for next week, but everything played for New Hampshire. All right. The Pocono Mountains, if you hadn't been there, like Kyle said, it's the most friendliest track there is on the circuit. And it gets a little crazy in infield. It's the biggest part, one of the biggest parties in infield besides Talladega because it's so big in infield.
14: Okay,
2: yeah, everybody. I was kind of hanging on here for Kyle. And uh, (laughs) Kyle, what you got to close us out tonight, man? Kyle is busy, folks. Trying to do two things at one time gets tough. So I don't know if uh, anybody heard about Eric Almirola may not be retiring. He kind of waffled on him uh, just a little bit. I hadn't really seen the full uh, story on that, but that's kind of leading into the, tonight's show uh we do have eric at loudon so uh till kyle gets done let's 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 listen to what eric has see if he gives any kind of indication
0: he may not be retiring rowdy i'm looking forward to the weekend and uh just want to say thank you for everything as always
2: hey kyle i know you're busy man uh we'll we'll be able to talk later but uh thanks for Doing all you can do to, to try to make it hang on there,
0: Kyle. Yeah, right. I know we'll have some more stuff to announce come Thursday night.
2: All right, hey, big weekend coming up. We got a lot of things going on. it will make up for the night, but we we did have to get to the relevant of the, of uh, New Hampshire out of us, so. though. Congratulations, to Justin Haley and Christopher Bell it home the trophy. Hey, we're just shooting from the hip this week, folks, at uh, Pocono, so a lot of video, a lot of sound. Check us out. A lot of, you heard it right here, live, so... We do it on TikTok, so if you want to check us out, it's TikTok, Facebook, second-hand book. Hey, if you haven't drank too much, subscribe to that shouty-magnite face.